Help keep Kinks and Beats daily ad-free and receive bonus content early with a contribution of 20 cents per episode. Visit herohabit.com slash shop for more information. Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I'm your host, Tony Fry. Thank you for downloading episode 158 of the podcast as we dig into Think Visual by the Kinks. Um, before I get started, I want to remind everybody, we do have a new Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash kinks and beats. You can search for it um, on Facebook or you can visit herohabit.com for the link directly to it. But we're going to have some discussions there and we are currently um, doing some polls album by album for both bands, the Kinks and the Beatles, um, to determine what we think the best songs of each band are. And it's bracket style, so the top three songs from each album will go on to the next level until we break it down. And I'd like to uh, get as many voices into this debate as possible. So join us over there, and um, let's have some fun chatting about these two bands that we love. Also, thank you to all the people who have um, subscribed for the $4 a month to keep the uh, podcasts produced and ad-free. Uh, there will be a special bonus episode that you guys are going to get exclusively for a while, um, all about George Harrison's signature sound. We're going to dive deep into what makes his songwriting so distinctive among the songwriters we talk about on this podcast. Um, that's going to go directly to our subscribers. So if you want to hear that first, um, swing by herohabit.com slash shop and look for the kinks and beats support button. And for $4 a month, you will have access to that and all of our bonus content before it goes public and some exclusive content that will never go on the public feed. All right, let's move on though. Today we're talking, like I said, about Think Visual by The Kinks, the song. Uh, it was released November 17th, 1986 on the album Think Visual. And uh, this song is crazy. The, the album as a whole doesn't make my Kinks top 10, mostly because the production grates on me a little bit with a lot of mid-80s uh, uh, tricks and, and stuff like that. And and it's not a, a slight to the kinks. A lot of albums from this period by any artist kind of great on my nerves. But this track is pretty cool. Um, and as much as I love Mick Avery and think he's one of the best, most underrated drummers of his time, Bob Henrit really proves his worth on the drums with this track. He is supporting the melody and the band all over this track. And it's really not a super simple song um timing wise you know there's a lot going on if you listen to that drum track there's a lot going on on this track more than meets the eye and more than the song structure would suggest as far as complexity and i feel like i frequently cited that ray can sometimes remind me of frank zappa in some of his songwriting um i know i said it on shepherds of the nation um this track with its different moods and grooves feels to me like a more pop-focused Zappa. And uh, it's it's as if, you know, if Zappa took all the genius that he had and was like, all right, now I'd like to produce a song that the general public would actually listen to and not musicologists and, and music nerds like me. Um I think this kind of blends the best of both worlds with his pushing the envelope with 
the more pop sensibilities of like a Ray Davies or, or whoever. Um, so this song does have some elements that do remind me of it. And again, why doesn't Ray get more credit for his song construction? You know, everybody talks about his lyrics and, you know, we've talked a lot on this podcast already about the melodies, you know, the, the man has a, a genius knack for melodies that I don't think gets quite the credit it deserves. It seems like all the focus goes on the lyrics but his song construction, <coughs> excuse me, and the arrangements are always so strong. And this one has some complexities to it that, you know, he navigates the band through expertly. Uh, harmonically, though, there's not much to talk about with this song. Again, Ray can make the simple complex and interesting, and he does it here, really anchoring most of the song on the D, C, and G major chords. That's it. Just basic D, C, and G. Those are primary chords um, in this key. He shifts to a D minor for the chorus, but switching from D major to D minor has been a trick in his tool belt uh, since Sunny Afternoon, right? He loves uh, establishing a major key or a major chord um, and then using the minor version of that same chord um, sometimes to transition, sometimes as, you know, the difference between the verse and the chorus, like in Sunny Afternoon, where you've got the verse in D minor, the chorus in D major. So he's doing it here where he's he's anchored with his D major chord, but he does slip a minor in there every now and then. This track was recorded between June and August 1986, and Ray says this this is the first album that the band demoed prior to recording. So there wasn't as much studio time taken to record this album because they weren't figuring out the arrangements as they went. And I just spoke about this arrangement. Um, Obviously, Ray had it mapped out. They had demoed it. They had practiced it prior to going into the recording studio. Um, This is a tune that I think would have suffered if they would have had to figure this arrangement out in the studio because it would have required hundreds of takes. You know, they would have been as meticulous as this arrangement ends up being. They would have ended up doing just take after take after take, trying to get these transitions and the shifts and all that kind of stuff under the belt. So, you know, maybe this album doesn't work as well on a a preceding album. Maybe the song doesn't work as well on a preceding album um, when they weren't demoed and kind of more fully fleshed out going into the recording process. Ray also talks about, and I guess you could say compliments, Dave's input on the entire album and says he was in a good place for that. A live version of this song would appear on The Road, which was released in 1988. We talked about this briefly on uh, an episode. um, Was it the Mars Picks? It was one where we had some some listeners call in and... uh, somebody had mentioned that this was their first kinks album and it was a u.s only release in 1988 um was just it was a live live uh, uh album and then it also appeared on lost and found which is a label retrospective released in 1980 or 1991 so the song has a release in 86 as the studio version 88 as the live version and then 91 on a label retrospective which is just like you know, their best of from that specific period. And it's strange that this song was the title track of an album 
and appears in the live set and a best of package, but was never released as a single, not even a B-side, which is kind of strange because they obviously like this song. Um, the label must have liked it if they put it on the retrospective. You know, I don't know always how much input the artist has in those types of so- uh, albums. But it's interesting that this one wasn't pushed more. The album wasn't a huge success and actually had some really unfavorable critical response, but we're used to that here in Kinks land. Overall, though, I think it's one of the best songs on the album. And like I said, I don't visit this album often. Um, this is kind of a dark period in both my Kinks and Beatles uh, fandom. Ringo's not putting out anything good. I think this is Paul's weakest period of, of music. John is gone. So all his stuff is just leftovers from earlier things and a lot of unfinished stuff. George is kind of in semi-retirement. You know, he goes a long time between Gontrapo and uh, Cloud Nine. And then the Kinks, this is their output. So this not this is not a period of music that I, I visit very often. But when I do, this song, Think Visual, on Think Visual, is uh, definitely one of my favorites. What are your thoughts on it? Give me a call, 925-494-1739. Um, if you've called and I haven't played it on the podcast, it's because I stockpile all of them, and we're going to do another like listener mail kind of episode um, which will be distributed to our subscribers first. So if you'd like to be included in that, give me a call, 925-494-1739. You can email me at kinksandbeats at herohabit.com, or you can now join our Facebook group. And I said herohabit.com. Make sure you swing by there and um, check out all the Kinks and Beatles-related stuff we post and anything else on there. There's a lot of music stuff, sports, pop culture, all of it. I encourage that. All right. Thanks for listening. I will talk to you again soon. Make sure to swing by iTunes, five-star rating and review. Thanks. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by herohabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. Herohabit.com. Collect your heroes.